Welcome to the Demand Generation Club podcast, the first podcast exclusively dedicated to B2B demand generation secrets and best practices as shared by some of the top leaders in the industry. This podcast is brought to you by SASMQL, the account-based marketing agency based in Redwood City, California. They help venture-funded SaaS companies scale demand generation from target accounts. By combining intent data, automation, and a proven methodology, SASMQL can help your startup generate millions of dollars in sales opportunities within a few months. To learn more, go to sasmql.com. Welcome to a new episode of the Demand Generation Club podcast. I'm your host, Franco Caporale. Our guest today is Frida Arenby. Chief Marketing Officer at GetAccept. GetAccept was founded in 2015 as part of Y Combinator. Their mission is to redefine the way companies run sales, providing a sales enablement SaaS platform to design, send, track, and e-sign sales documents in one place. GetAccept has operation across six offices in US, UK, Sweden, Norway, Denmark, and France, and has clients in over 50 countries. Frida is passionate about leadership and building growth-oriented marketing teams. She has been part of three growth journeys in the last decade and has gained broad experience in how to rapidly scale performance-driven teams and businesses, while at the same time creating a company culture where people work together to achieve something truly special. So I'm really happy to welcome today Frida Harenby, Chief Marketing Officer at GetAccept. Frida, I'm really glad to have you on the episode today. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So I'd like to ask you right away some question about your background. Now you're the CMO at GetAccept. How, how did you end up in that role and what's your uh, career trajectory? Um, well, I've been with uh, GetAccept since November 2019, so it's like one and a half years. Uh, and before joining GetAccept, I spent uh, three years within uh, the fintech industry at a company called Bambora. Uh, it's it's not Bombora that some people confuse it with, but it's actually Bambora with an A. Uh, it's a, a a it's actually a global. Uh, payments company, but it started in Nor- in the Nordics in Sweden. So it comes from there. And I more or less had a, this, a similar role as I have now. I was heading up the marketing team. Uh, I was scaling the team, uh, building a, a digital business, uh, so to speak, and a global brand. And before joining Bambora, I'm actually, I, I spent a couple of years within the uh, uh, telco business, so working for one of the bigger uh, telco companies in the Nordics called Telia, uh, and I actually did quite a lot of different roles there. So I started within sales. Uh, I I have my 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 DNA is definitely sales. Um, I worked within sales for for several years, um, and but I've also did product uh, management. I I did business development a couple of years, and the last thing I did was actually building up a sauce service uh, or a sauce portfolio within that telco company that they provided to their SMB customers. So that is more or less how I ended or, or my, my first way into the sauce industry. What made you transition from sales, which said is kind of like your, your, your core, your background to marketing? 
that's a good question. I to me it is the same thing, but different different sides uh, of the same thing. Uh, so so and especially the way marketing has developed and transi- transitioned the last couple of years. So going from very traditional marketing to of course being digital and that to me is sales so either it's sales directly as as it would be if you were supporting marketing within within an e-commerce organization for example or if you are within some kind of other organization it supports sales in one way or another or growth whether it's a sales organization or if it's product-led growth there's marketing there as well so to me it's it, it's very close connected so your relationship I, with uh, with your sales counterpart is probably pretty strong definitely i would say that i'm allergic to <laughs> to this sales and marketing fight uh, i i uh, do not believe in it at all so yes i find that that's the core to have a strong relationship to both sales and product i would say Awesome, fantastic. Um, from from my conversation with you, one thing that really stood out is like your ability, even you know your current role and previous role, to really focus on the team building and really developing and creating from scratch these high performing marketing teams. So I would like to understand a little more what is your approach when you join a company, especially when it's you know more early stage. So maybe you don't have a ton of budget and and resources. How do you approach that building the team from scratch? And what are some things that you really focus on? Uh, To start with, like with my, the background that I have and what I've done before, I, I usually, I don't come in at a early, early stage of a company, like a startup phase is not when I come in. Uh, Then I would say the company needs more, specialized expertise uh, so i come in when when there is a momentum to actually start building the team so there needs to be some kind of foundation or ways to build the team uh, in place uh, but how i approach it is definitely to of course understand the overall company strategy that is key <laughs> and then understand how how is marketing fitting into this organization? How does marketing support the overall company strategy? What's the reason for marketing to exist within this company? Uh, and no, I mean, and that can be, uh, as you and I talked about before, it can be, well, marketing definitely needs to support an outbound sales organization, or this is a product-led a company marketing needs to more support product marketing and the product, or uh, we need to build brand and thought leadership. Whatever it might be, uh, that to me creates the baseline for okay. Then I need to build a team like this. If we're going from this to this, uh, I need to start with with different things depending on the strategy. So figuring out the the goals and the objectives is your your first step. So once you know that, how do you spot the gaps within your existing team because probably you come in when there is already someone you know doing the job of maybe some specialized or more generalist like how do you spot the gap and then starting starting building the rest well it's all about of course getting to know uh, the people that are already on board and their competences and their strengths and but also understanding 
where they want to develop uh, or, or if they want to develop into another area or role. Uh, and then based on that understanding, okay, this is what we have and this is what we need to, to add or complement with. Uh, so it's like a puzzle uh, uh, where you where you have to once again understand the strategy. What kind of competence do we need to make that happen within a certain time frame? And then looking at what do we have and what do we need to make that happen step by step. I really like the analogy of the of the puzzle in building the team because <laughs> sometimes a piece it looks like is in the right place, but maybe it's just you know, is not in the ideal place. Like I know many times there were people that have been doing a certain role just because they were asked, but they actually, their passion lies somewhere else and they would like to develop on something into something else. Yeah. You might have a person who, who uh, on paper looks like he or she definitely wants to step into this next role. But when you start understanding and knowing the person you realize no this person is perfectly happy where he or she is and then you don't want to you know push that person maybe into another role uh, so it's all these ways to get to know what you have and the people you have to understand how you are to build from that and so now that once you spot the gaps which obviously takes quite some time at the beginning but once you know who you need to hire what's your approach to recruiting? Because especially today, there is a lot of like, it's a big fight for talent. What are you looking for talents in a specific location? Are you open to hire anywhere where that person might be? Like what's, what's kind of your approach and how do you attract those high profile people? Uh, many questions in one. <laughs> I start with like, what was the first question? How do you attract? Yeah. No. How do you attract yeah. them? And then are you, looking on specific location only or are you okay working you know totally yeah. distributed I, I mean i would say it, it differs on uh, differs depending on what company you are at but at get accept for example we we um, take big pride in and we have a very i would say thorough and well thought through uh, recruitment process so we do most of our recruitments in-house that is of course very time consuming but we also find that when we do that we control the whole process and we get the chance to really get to know the candidates and they really get to know us during their, the process as well, which in the end is very valuable because we, we've spent a lot of time together during the process uh, and there, there's no surprises or it's less surprises when that person get in and actually start to work. But then, of course, we also try to combine that with you know, looking in our own networks to find the talents that we we um, we need, uh, I mean, there's always like great people know great people. Uh, so so that is also something that we do. But on the other hand, I also think that that is something that you might need to be careful with as well, because if you only look in your own networks all the time, you might end up adding or hiring people that are, you know, exactly like yourself and then the dy dynamic of the team uh, might be gone. So, so it's a combination, I would say. that That's always quicker to look in your own network or it's usually quicker, but you have to sort of think about that and maybe sometimes it's okay that it takes a little bit longer, but then you actually do your homework correctly and, and, and you have a bigger chance of really nailing that person that adds that extra into the team. 
from an interviewing perspective, you know, there are a lot of people that look good on paper, but then, you know, after two or three, four months, they start working, you realize that maybe they're not cut out for that specific role. How do you, you know, limit these false, false positives, like during the interview process? Is there any trick or advice that you might have to really understand how this, this person is going to perform in that role? I would say it's back to having a, a, a uh, you know, rigid uh, process. We have several touch points uh, mm. in our recruitment processes. So the candidate meets with several different people within the organization. Uh, we do case interviews. Uh, we do tests, uh, personality and logic tests. And just by doing that, uh, I would say we have the chance to get a very good picture of the candidate uh, so that those mistakes, if we call it that, is minimized. But it's also, just to emphasize, very good for the candidate because once again, the candidate gets to know us and the company very well during this process. So there's less mistakes that the candidate make a, a, a mistake in choosing us as well. So um, I think it's back to letting it take time, having several people involved in the process, and then having certain touch points where you actually test things so you can combine all these insights into one common understanding of the person. Do you also include like, I would say like working session, like to try to simulate how it would be like working with that person, like, you know, whiteboarding, for example, or specific working on specific problems? I think I, we've done that actually before. I haven't done it, to be honest, but we do have more uh, reality-focused cases where that person gets to prepare and present something. And during that case presentation, we try to make it very uh, reality-like where we actually discuss the case and the situation and the project that that person has prepared. So that is on what you're asking yeah yeah i i found it to be valuable when both when i was interviewing when i interview people to try to mimic as much as possible a real situation so then yeah. you know it should represent obviously there are always room for errors um my my next question is about you know once you have found the right people you know you have a team how do you measure uh, their performance and how do you maintain the standard high do you use OKR or what, 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 is, uh, what is your kind of month-to-month approach? Yes, we are. We, we, uh, uh, or we use the OKR framework throughout the whole organization. So we have company-wide OKRs that are then broken down into the teams. So, and we do that together, the whole marketing team. We, we look at the overall uh, company OKRs and then we together decide in a workshop where we do breakout sessions to how do we break these objectives down into one or two or three marketing objectives and what KRs do we connect to those objectives. Uh, And once we have that, we take it one level further and break it down on on individual basis as well. So we have a very uh, clear line from company-wide strategy and targets down to the individual level. So that that for once, I would say it's very helpful to get the team on track in terms of growth and, and direction and where we're steering. But then also the targets that we look at 
uh, on a weekly basis, for example, is always very growth oriented and the whole marketing team are measured on the same targets, such as leads, yes, booked meetings, closed customers, ARR. So it's very sales-oriented targets that we in marketing also look on and are measured upon, uh, just the same as sales, which of course keeps the marketing team on the toes all the time to make sure that we deliver or carry out activities that adds to those targets. How do you kind of approach the fact that, you know, some part of marketing are easy to measure, like, you know, if you run campaigns, demand generation, but like when you do branding or you do PR, how do you translate that into a measurable key results? That's super hard. (laughs) (laughs) Do you have any, do you have any good, good ideas for me? Um, I would say, I mean, that that's a challenge. We don't have the means to do big brand external brand, you know, to measure our brand and the awareness in the market. And I think that's a common situation for any scale up. Uh, So what we try to do instead to measure how our brand grows is with measurements like organic traffic, direct traffic, uh, followers in our social media, engagement in our organic social media. We, we have a couple of measurements like that or KPIs like that that we look at to understand whether our brand awareness is growing or not. But, but it's, it's a con- I would say that's a constant discussion, like which KPIs should we look at here? And now I have a slightly of a difficult question that I'd like to ask. What do you do when performance are not met to someone in your team? Like, how do you manage the situation? What is what is some advice you have in those cases, which are always difficult, obviously? I would say that it's, uh, I mean, it's seldom a surprise uh, if, if a goal or performance isn't met. So you start to see that or that trend quite early, which is also why you can sort of uh, work with it uh, from the start. So instead of waiting or it turns out later and 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 becomes a surprise since we follow these KPIs so closely weekly and daily even it's easier to to try to work with that person early on and understand what is happening here uh, why is this happening how can we help uh, how can we support is it a competence gap is it a collaboration gap is it a leadership gap but I'm not saying that it's easy, but uh, that, that's how I try to approach it, to be very transparent and, and talk about it right away to understand what's, what, what is the real issue here. And uh, I want to move instead on the positive side of, you know, when performers are doing well, but obviously, you know, people in your team wants to continue grow. They want to learn new things. They want to, you know, everyone wants to advance in, in their career or they're going to leave. What is your approach to mentoring and growing your team? Um, well, we, we have we have a, a uh, uh, we have a good structure as a baseline in the company where we have success reviews uh, every year. During those success reviews, we also discuss you know, how, how, how do you want to develop and, and is there any new role you want to develop into? And during 
what time frame do you see yourself developing developing into that role and what is needed to take you to that and then that sort of forms the plans for the next year to come for that person and if we for example have identified this person is stepping into a new role needs these kinds of trainings uh, it's easier to make that happen and also during the role i have i i would say i have a tight dialogue with my um, team members on how they are performing and if there's any you know are they supported uh, the way they need to be to be able to do their job or do they need some special training or coaching in any way and then we also have we have an internal mentoring program uh, as well which is also I would say adding to people's possibilities to develop so there's different different ways of doing it I would say and then overall, we have a, I mean, now we haven't been able to, to meet face to face in such a long time. But when we do, we try to always have maybe three or four times during the year, meetups, a good party. Uh, we usually have costume parties uh, where we get the chance to, you know, really have fun, get to know each other, put down the working titles and just be together and, and get to know each other. So, and that, that's also a, a way to sort of celebrate people's performance and success, I would say. Yeah, I think like team building is particularly important, especially, you know, companies like you that are very, like yours, that are very distributed. And with the pandemic for everyone, it was really challenging to maintain the team in a cohesive way for people that maybe never met in person. Yeah, I mean, I have, I have several people in my team who, who has never met. Like they were hired during the pandemic and they have never met in person, only through Zoom. So, um, yeah, that's special. One more question on the, the career development. Like when, when do you think it's time to promote people? Like when do you know that that's the right time to actually promote them to the next, uh, to the next level? Oh, that's a very good question. I haven't thought about that in, in that way. I would say, you know, you always have to be in a role for at least a year, give and take, to actually be able to do that role and to get through like the all the seasons of a role before you are actually, I would say, or before you have learned what you need to learn and be ready to move on. Not saying that it's it's always time after just one year but it might be actually so i think it's a it's very it's very much up to that it, it depends on the person like how fast is this person learning what's the potential in this person do i want to promote this person already now or do i think that this person would be good better off if you added a couple of more months because then that person would have the chance to also experience this uh, in the role so I don't think it's a straight answer to that. It's it, it's very much person dependent and also their role, but also, of course, that the need that I have as a leader, I need this person to do this job first in this role uh, or the company for that matter. So it's a combination, I would say. Yeah, the person might be ready, but maybe there is no <laughs> that opening in the company. You can't really force it all the time. Yeah, and then I also think, I mean, it's, it's kind of natural many times for 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 people to feel that they are ready a bit sooner than later 
and I've seen that many times. And, and I mean, that can happen to me too, that you get impatient and you feel like you've hit a plateau and you want to move on. But usually what I've learned is that when you feel that way, it's always good to give it a bit more because then you sort of move into the next level of the role and you, you usually learn quite a lot by doing that. Exactly, 100%. Um, I have one last question. What is uh, one advice that you can give to someone that maybe just joined a company as a new VP of marketing or new CMO and this person wants to build a high-performing marketing team? Like, What is one advice that you think you learn in, in your career that you want to share? I think the advice that I would give is to make sure, first and foremost, that you have alignment with your CEO, definitely, but also important to have alignment with the rest of the management team so that everybody knows and understand why and how we are to scale the marketing team. And I think that's also closely connected to like going back in time when marketing was more regarded as a cost center, which it isn't anymore, uh, but it's easy to to fall into that again. And But if everybody's aligned and understands why are we now building uh, or using these building blocks to build this marketing team, it's easier to get, get people to commit to that. So I think the C-level alignment is definitely what I would start with and make sure that you are building the marketing team based on the company strategy uh, first and foremost. How, how is the market, what's the reason for marketing to exist in this company? Make sure you know that first and foremost and then build out of that. Great advice. Thank you so much, Frida. And, you know, you. This, this has been a great conversation. So thanks again for joining us. I, I really enjoyed it. Thank you. Thanks for having me.